As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Shit Crazy, a podcast dedicated to all things strange and unusual, with your spirit guides Heather and Dylan who will take you to the other side. Subject matter featured on Batshit Crazy may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, you're listening to Batshit Crazy. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan. How are you, Dylan? I am perfect. We've had a small hiatus but we're back (laughs) yes we are back this is our third little podcast baby and we are going to discuss a cryptid that is so fascinating i want to write a horror movie script (laughs) about the subject matter would you say this is the most uh well-known pop culture icon of the cryptids absolutely hands down right it's not even close very identifiable He is used to market festivals, businesses, breweries. Cured meats. I see (laughs) his image everywhere. Okay. And I'm talking about Bigfoot. Let's let this squatch out of the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you're a a Bigfoot fan, right? Oh, yeah. I've heard all the many theories on Bigfoot over the years. Are you a believer? Well, as we've uh, discussed before, me and you... There is a reference to some type of Bigfoot in every civilization and society, it seems like, right? All around the world, uh, seemingly unconnected populations, especially uh, long ago, right? So I think when that happens, either it's coming from some ancient text that has permeated all these different societies, or there has to be some seed of truth to the legend, right? Agreed. I believe when you have a folklore story such as Bigfoot or Sasquatch, it has to be rooted in, in some truth, right? I'm going to call it a Sam Squatch. Even if it's a Sam Squatch? A Sam Squatch. I like the Sam Squatch. Even if it's been, you know, the story's evolved over time, it can be traced back to something, right? So let's get into it. Dylan, are you ready? I'm ready. Known around the world as Sasquatch or Yeti, 
And locally here where we live in Western North Carolina, it's known as Boojum or a wood booger. Damn no, I say no wood booger. Bigfoot is an ape-like creature that conceals itself in the deep, dark forest, leaving behind footprints so large they could not belong to any human person. Well, have you ever seen some of these prints? I have. Man, they're like, what, 12, 13, 14 inches long? Oh, they're much larger than that. 18, 24? Yeah, about like that. Okay, that's huge. It, they're, they are huge, Dylan. The tale of Bigfoot has been traced back to the European wild man, a mythical figure that had that had hair. No, it had hair all over his body and lived like a beast. The wild man can be found in literature as early as the second century BC. Stories of Bigfoot also abound in Native American oral tradition, and the unexplained ape has been studied by scientists and, of course, scrutinized on the internet. The common name Sasquatch comes from the Salish Saquits, while the Algonquin of the north central region of the continent referred to as to this creature as a a, a Wittigo or sometimes even a Wendigo. Oh, nice. Or, I'm sorry, a Wendigo. Um, a Wendigo. Um, <laughs> maybe a Wendigo ate your baby. Maybe it ate my brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, other nations tell of a large creature, much like a man, but imbued with special powers and characteristics. The Ojibwe of the Northern Plains believe, and I probably just butchered that word, believe that the Rougarou appeared in times of danger. And other nations agreed that the hairy apparition was a messenger of warning, like a harbinger of doom, telling man to change his ways. Ah, yes, much like the Mothman, right? A harbinger of doom, exactly. <clears throat> or the Banshee, she's considered like a harbinger of death or doom. And the, uh, what I always wonder with some of these uh, cryptids, are they trying to warn us or trying to help in some way? Maybe they or are. Or are they just there to observe our misery? The British explorer David Thompson is sometimes credited with the first discovery of a set of Sasquatch footprints, and this was in 1811. And hundreds of alleged prints have been created since then, or, you know, discovered. <laughs> Visual sightings and even alleged photographs and filmings, most notably by Roger Patterson at Bluff Creek, California in 1967, have also contributed to the legend, though none of the purported evidence has been verified. So at this point, Dylan, I would like to talk about this Patterson film, this Bluff Creek, California Bigfoot sighting, probably the best known footage and really the first footage of Bigfoot and you've all seen it I know you have giant ape-like creature walking has kind of a strange gait in the distance in a wooded area kind of turns its head looks a little annoyed and keeps walking yeah and there's like some blown Super over grainy blown over trees and all this mess and rocks and uh, I'm pretty sure that 90 some percent of the audience has seen this film and if you haven't, look it up now. So this first footage was created by this guy, Patterson, along with his friend whose last name was Gimlin. And it was the first documented film footage. It's a short, grainy film. It was created or filmed October 20th of 1967. They claim it was a female Bigfoot who was squatting by the river, doing a, doing a deuce, taking a deuce. Okay. Dropping a, dropping a log. 
Yeah. She looks annoyed as she's walking by. Now, many folks considered this a hoax. And both men were armed while they were there and had horses. Because there have been questions like, well, why didn't the Bigfoot attack them? Well, yeah, I guess you should consider how much in, uh, intelli- intelligence the Bigfoot may or may not have. And maybe the annoyed look was because she just got caught pooping, bro. And she's like, damn, guys, do you mind? Can I have some privacy? Yeah, I came all the way down here by the damn creek, and here you are. Exactly. And if you're so concerned, why don't you build me a privy so I can have some privacy? Right? I'm sure that was the Bigfoot <laughs> exact thought. But like I said, both men were armed, they had horses, and they explained away, well, she didn't attack us maybe because we had these horses with us and, you know, they're large animals, but we were also armed. Maybe it's not a violent animal or creature. And this happened in, as I mentioned, Bluff Creek, which is outside of Orleans, California, in the Six Rivers National Park. Now, Patterson died of cancer in 1972, so only five years after this film footage was released. And the guy Gimlin began making appearances at Bigfoot conferences and taking interviews only in the early 2000s. So he waited almost 30 years to really discuss the film. Well, I I would say that Bigfoot has... um re-emerged as a rather fascinating subject for many people. What, yeah, right? So it doesn't surprise me he kind of waited a while. Now, some anthropologists have viewed this video trying to debunk, is this a Bigfoot? Is this real, like, scientific evidence proof that there is some cre- you know, creature out there? And some actually do support the video. There is a, a anthropologist named Grover Kranst, and he compared the gait of this creature with a human. However, it was filmed at like 24 frames per second. So the frames really weren't fast enough to confirm if it was a human or a creature. Right. Right. <clears throat> also, when you look at the creature in the video, Cranston suggests that it cannot be human because the shoulder dimensions are at least 72 inches wide. My God, that's over five. That's six foot wide. Exactly. (laughs) Jesus. And in comparison to like a normal sized human. So like Andre the Giant had shoulders that were considered 25% larger. So by comparison, the Bigfoot is 50% larger than even Andre the Giant. Okay. Just a huge fucking creature, right? So yeah, 72 inches or so. Um, height-wise as well, so they're saying, you know, this this had to be a really tall creature. A lot of folks bought, bought into this idea. But then, Dylan, a costumer came out and said he actually made this gorilla costume oh. for Peterson. His name was Philip Morris, and he claims he sold an ape suit to Patterson via mail order back in 1967, and that the man in the costume is Bob Hieronymus. That's the fellow's name. And Gimlin even borrowed his horse to take into Bluff Creek. So he's saying that it's, he knows all, he knows it's fake, and this is why. Yes. Because he provided the materials to make it. Philip Morris claims that Peterson was making a film about Bigfoot, 
like some kind of movie, you know, and ran out of money. So he made this hoping to recoup some of the costs he had wasted while making this other film that he ran out of money and couldn't complete. Okay, so his project falls through, and he's just going to take the suit, do a hoax, and try to make money off of it. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, I must say, if that was his intention, uh, he was successful. Because I'm sure over the years he's made uh, quite a few bucks off of having been associated with this film. To explain the ginormous shoulder dimensions, this Bob Hieronymus man claims that he wore football Shoulder pads. Okay. You know, I guess maybe even like several pairs to kind of get that huge shoulder thing going on. Well, even one pair, especially back then, they're real bulky and, you know, bouncy looking. So one pair on a big guy, if he's any size at all, would actually make you look quite a bit larger across your shoulders. Could possibly. Now, Jane Goodall... She's, of course, very well known. She lived with the Sasquatch for years. She lived with apes, gorillas oh. <laughs> for many years. She's weighed in on Bigfoot's existence, telling reporters at one point that she wants to believe Bigfoot is real. Sasquatch is variably described as a primate who stands about 6 to 15 feet tall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What if you... What if you've seen a 15-foot-tall Bigfoot? He is bipedal, meaning he stands on his, you know, he stands erect on two feet, often giving off a very foul stench, a foul smell. Um, sometimes the foul smell is associated with a skunk ape, which is a Bigfoot-like creature known to haunt the Florida swamps. And he smells. So a skunk ape, a swamp ape, exactly. Um, but the Bigfoot supposedly stinks. I mean, hey, it's a wild animal, person, human hybrid thing, right? So it's probably not showering up. Man, all I would say most wild, large wild animals probably smell. You know, I know a lot of people who smell. We know. Imagine animals that eat meat and stuff. They don't go shower up after every meal. No. Right. I imagine like a lion. Oh, in the wild. We were watching something with a whole stinky pride of lions and. I was like, I bet they smell so bad. Or a yak. Because they get covered head and to toe in these kills. A buffalo. Yeah. Right? These creatures are often seen moving silently, sometimes are known to emit a high-pitched scream or cry. Footprints have measured up to 24 inches in length and 8 inches wide. A Soviet scientist, Boris Porshnev, suggested that Sasquatch and his Siberian counterpart, the Almas, could be a remnant of Neanderthals, but most scientists do not recognize the creature's existence and feel the claims are illegitimate. So they're claiming like a Bigfoot is kind of like some missing link in our human evolution? Some people do believe that Bigfoot is a missing link in our human evolution. Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, and there's some other pretty wild theories out there, right? There are, and I thought we could talk about a few of those after I tell you about some Bigfoot sightings. Uh, well, I love these sightings, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, the people who really believe that they saw this or had this experience, uh, some of them are some pretty good characters. You ain't going to change their mind either. No, no, they believe it. They believe it wholeheartedly. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, let's get into the sightings, Dylan. A young woman camped alone next to the Klamath River, and she didn't tell what campground she was at, but there is a video on YouTube where you can kind of Google it and sh or YouTube it or whatever, and she'll, you know, you can find the video, and she'll, she'll talk about her experience. But a lot of the locals in the area know where she was camping by her descriptions of the location. Now, it seemed to happen in the 70s or 80s, and the woman describes hearing whoops, 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 maybe it's a juggalo. Whoop, there it is. It's a, it's a juggalo Bigfoot and whistles on the other side of the river. And then she claimed the beast dragged her about 10 feet out of the camp or the tent she was camping in. And, you know, most Bigfoots, it is unusual. Are they Bigfoots or Bigfeets? That, that is an existential that is, that question. Is the question. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's pretty unusual to hear of a Bigfoot attack on a human, although it's not heard of. And her story is very similar to that of Albert Ostman, related to John Wilson Green. And he wrote a book called Sasquatch, The Apes Among Us. So Albert Ostman's experience started as a prospecting trip in 1924. He wanted to look for a lost mine near Toba Inlet on the Brim River north of Lund, British Columbia, which is not far east of Vancouver Island. An old, as he quoted, an old Indian guide uh, took him from Lund to Toba Inlet. He said the original miner always came to town with plenty of gold, but eventually stopped coming. The local rumor was that the man had been killed by a Sasquatch. At the same time, Ostman had never heard of a Sasquatch, and he didn't believe the story, the description of the creature. He thought it was just, you know, total BS. Now, Osman hiked inland with an 80-pound backpack full of food and supplies, looking for this lost mine. After a few days camping in a remote location, he woke up one morning to find that his pack had been emptied out and some of the food missing. The next night, it was even worse. He intended to stay awake to find the thief, but he accidentally fell asleep until he suddenly felt something picking him up sleeping bag and oh, all no. and slung onto some kind of creature like onto over its shoulder onto its back and it was huge he could not see this creature and he could not fight against it now how how scary would this be fucking scary it's the most terrifying thing i i could think of i think it would be very frightening jeez he was carried up a mountain, then downhill, then up again, until he was finally dropped where he heard chattering in a language he did not understand 
or recognize. He couldn't see these people until dawn, when he discovered he was the captive of four Bigfoots, a man and a woman and like a little boy and little girl. So it was a big feet family. It was a family of, of big feets. Now, eventually, he found a way to leave the situation and was rescued by loggers he found in the area. So what do you think about that story? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. Is this man delirious? Well, if it's, a, if it's a complete lie, because, I mean, that's just a lot. That's not some fleeting glimpse or, you know, you thought you saw something. That is full on. Uh, contact with not one but three big feet, right? Yeah. So it's either a total, like I said, a total lie or one of the, the most amazing descriptions of an encounter that I've ever heard. Exactly. There seems to be plenty of Idaho Bigfoot sightings, although they are known in just about every state, except Hawaii. I don't know if they have Bigfoot there. Uh, you know... He's probably made a pact with the locals to just let him chill, and he just hangs out with them. And, and he's, like, really cool. He has be, great dinner parties. And, like, enjoys a good pineapple here and there. Yeah, and right? just lets it be if he can stay in Hawaii. So here is a story out of Idaho. A Benoit County woman swore that Bigfoot caused her to crash on U.S. 95 near Potlatch. She was a 50-year-old woman from Tensed. And reported this at the Potlatch substation of the Lataw County Sheriff's Department around 12.30 a.m. on March 23rd of 2017. So this is a very recent story. She claimed she was driving on Highway 95 around 11 p.m. when it happened near milepost 366. She said several deer ran from a Bigfoot. She hit a deer and that the Bigfoot was between 7 to 8 feet tall. This took place near the Bricken Road area, and there was also a group of high school students that may have seen a Bigfoot during a hike in the woods near Pocatello, Idaho, in 2012. So she saw the Bigfoot scare the deer, and then the deer ran across in front of her. And she hit it. Okay. Yep. And then similar story, kids hiking in the woods in Idaho. 2012, big group of kids. There's a Bigfoot. Now, it seems, I wonder if these areas are forested, you think? I believe so. Okay, because, uh, you know, you very seldom hear of uh, Sasquatch in not in an, a forest environment. Well, he's not like hanging out in downtown Cincinnati. Well, no, but he's also not like in uh, scrublands or, you know, somewhere in the desert in Texas or something well, like that. Well, I have that. heard... That folks in Texas are allowed to shoot a Bigfoot if they see it. Well, I'm pretty sure folks in Texas are allowed to shoot anybody. Well, some states, you're, you're actually not allowed to shoot a Bigfoot. I believe Washington has a law on the record that you're not allowed to shoot a Bigfoot, I believe. Okay, well, you know, if it's nonviolent, I don't think you should shoot it. But, you know, some people would just shoot it for the hell of it. And stuff it, mount it. Well, it could be... The, um, I'll make love to you. Oh, sorry. No, don't I you dare. about mounting the Bigfoot. Do that to boys to men. Okay. Um, it could be the ambassador, the very first contact of some alien race. Okay, it could we'll be the hold day that, that theory because the, there yeah. are folks who believe that it could potentially be not of this world, Dylan. You could start a damn war by shooting him or her. Right, Or exactly. it. Maybe there is no gender. There's actually a Theodore Roosevelt Bigfoot story. 
That doesn't surprise me because old Teddy was a very avid big game hunter, not just... He was an outdoorsman, serious outdoorsman. Yes. Okay, so this story takes place near the Salmon River in Idaho. Again, we're back in Idaho. According to the story, when the event occurred, a man named Ballman was fairly young, and he was a trapper around the Salmon River. And this is from BigfootSightings.org. I get the story. So Bauman was a young man and was trapping with a partner among the mountains dividing the forks of the salmon from the head of the Wisdom River. Not having had much luck, he and his partner determined to go back up to a particularly wild and lonely pass through which a small stream said to um, contain many beavers. It kind of cut through this, right? Maybe it's just a really big beaver. Maybe it's like Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Nice. Maybe just a... Just a Primus song. So the pass had a reputation for being evil. Like the fruits of the devil. It's evil. <laughs> that evil? That's yeah. really evil. Because the year before, a single hunter had wandered into this area and was slain, seemingly by some type of wild beast. His half-eaten remains were found afterward by some mining prospectors who had passed by his camp only the night before. Of course, this event stuck out in folks' memories and weighted very heavily with the two trappers, although they were adventurous and hardy as any mountain man might be. Well, to li- live the life of a trapper, especially during this time, you are a robust individual who literally lives off the land and goes long, period- long periods of time not seeing people, just out there by yourself or a partner. I can deal with that part of it. The isolation, I can cover that, but I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, trapping and eating beavers. You're not going to kill all the beavers, rabbits, and minks? Probably not. Okay. Well, then you're going to be an unsuccessful trapper. I will just starve. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be like, you know, she had all the right stuff, all the right tools. I know, I'd be like, I can't kill this little bunny, it's cute. She just didn't have the heart to be a good trapper. Okay, so they took their mountain ponies to the foot of the pass where they left them in an open beaver meadow a rocky timber clad ground being from there onward impractical for horses they then struck out on foot through the vast forest and in about four hours reached a little open glade where they decided to camp because there were signs of game there was still about an hour or two left of daylight and after building a lean-to and throwing down and opening their packs they started upstream. The country was very dense and hard to travel because there was a lot of down timber. So there were all these little somber areas of woodland kind of broken by small glades of mountain grass. At dusk, they reached their camp. The glades in which it was set up was not very wide, um, but there were all these really tall, close-set pines and firs kind of raising around like a wall. So it's just kind of a small opening in the woods. Exactly. On one side was a stream, a little stream, and beyond that there was a steep mountain slope with thick evergreen forest. They were surprised to find that during their absence, you know, while they were out trying to chase tail, get some game. Man, man, you're full of them tonight. (laughs) I'm full of something all the time. Um, They thought that it might have been a bear that had visited their camp and had rummaged through their belongings, scattering the contents of their packs and almost destroying their lean-to. 
And, and I'm sure maybe they've had that experience before because bears definitely will ransack a, ransack a camp, right? Oh, especially if there's any food, food source around. Now, the footprints of the beast were kind of plain, but it first sight they kind of didn't really pay attention to them just thinking oh well there's some tracks and were busying themselves with trying to fix this lean to and lay out their beds and get the fire lit you know because dark dark is settling in dylan see what of their provisions has been ruined because that's very important yeah you got to assess the situation while Bauman was making his supper it was already dark and his companion started examining the tracks more closely and soon took like a you know, torch from the fire to even go follow up because the alleged animal intruder had walked along a, along this game trail after leaving the camp. So when this torch kind of flickered out, the man returned and took another inspection of the footprints very closely. So he's following it a bit down the trail and then comes back and decides I need to take a second look at this or I'm probably more like a third look. So he comes back to the fire and as he's peering out into the darkness, he tells the guy, Ballman, that the bear was walking on two legs. Oh, wow. Now Ballman laughs at this, but his trapper companion insisted that he was right that he examined the tracks with a torch and they certainly did seem to be made by two paws or feet but it was still too dark to be sure so after discussing whether the footprints could possibly be from a human they came to the conclusion that they couldn't be so the two men ended up like rolling up their blankets and went to sleep under the lean-to at midnight, Bauman was awakened by some noise, and he sat up in the blankets. As he did, his nostrils were struck by a strange, putrid, wild beast odor. <laughs> yeah, but do you do you know what that smells like? Mm, no, the wild beast. I can imagine. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, stinky, right? I've been around hippies at concerts. Very strong. And, you know, outdoor festival. So I think I know what a wild beast probably smells like. Very musky, right? So he's, well, I'm just imagining a really heavy animal, probably odor. I mean, think of what a wet dog smells like. Ooh. Multiply that by like a hundred, right? It's probably what an old stanky bear smells like. Oh, a stanky bear? Well, I have bear hunters in my family, and I have smelled a bear once it's been caught. Yeah. Or, you know. Strong shot. smell. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely funky, right? Well, not only do, does this foul odor like hit his nostrils like a freight train, but he catches a body in the darkness at the mouth of the lean-to. Grasping for his rifle, he fires at this vague shadow figure, but missed because immediately afterwards, he heard out in the wilderness a smashing 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As if whatever this was rushed off into the blackness of the forest and into the night. And it had to be a creature of some size because it was like thrashing around to the point, you know, it sounded like trees were being broken. Yeah, it's probably running, completely running through or over like small saplings, just crashing off through the brush and woods. Now, after this, the two men slept just a little bit, mostly sitting up by the rekindled fire, but they heard nothing else. In the morning, they started out to look at a few of their traps that they had set the night before and put out a few new traps. They kind of had an agreement just to keep together all day. And when they returned to camp again that evening, they were kind of astonished to see that their lean-to had once again been torn down. Damn it, man. So this visitor had returned and tossed about their camp their bedding, and essentially destroyed the shanty, the lean-to that they had been sleeping in. Like before, it had been disrupted, but now this thing has just smashed it. Like, I do not want you here. So, it, yeah, I was going to say that seems to be the signal from the creature is, I was curious at first. Get off my land. But now you young punks need to get off my grass. Yeah, get yeah. off my lawn. The ground was marked up by this creature's tracks, and on uh, like upon exiting the camp, it had gone along the soft earth by that little stream that I mentioned before, and the footprints were as plain as if on the snow in this very soft dirt. They scrutinized the trail, and it certainly did seem that whatever this thing was had traveled on two legs. And I could imagine uh, rather large feet. Right, I'm, I'm going to guess. They seemed sizable, yes, just based on the, the details of the story. Maybe it's an adolescent Sam Squinch. The men, of course, at this point are very uneasy. They grab, they, they grab up, they gather up, Dylan, a heap of logs, and they keep the fire roaring throughout the night. 
one or the other sitting up on guard most of the time. So they're kind of taking their sleep in shifts while the other stands a lookout. They got to have a sentry at this point. About midnight, the thing came down through the forest across the brook and stayed there on the hillside for nearly an hour. They could hear the branches crackle as this creature moved about and several times they heard a harsh, grating, long-drawn moan, which they described as a sinister sound. Yet it did not venture near the fire. In the morning, the two trappers discussed the strange events of the last 36 hours and decided it was time to throw on those backpacks and get the fuck out of there. It took them that long? Yeah. (laughs) They were ready to do this because in spite of seeing, you know, in spite of seeing all this game, all these creatures in their sights, all these little animals that they could trap up, they were like, you know what? It just is not worth it. Well, no. I mean, at this point, you have to be worried for your own safety, right? If it comes, you've already had it standing over you as you slept, basically, and destroying your uh, lean-to in your camp multiple times. So, yeah, I mean, it's time to go if you want to live. However, they did have traps set out, so they did want to go gather up the few that they had. They started out doing this and spent the morning, like, staying together but picking up the traps, you know, one by one. When they first left camp, they had a sensation that they were being followed because in the dense spruce thickets, they occasionally heard a branch snapping after they'd already passed it. And then they started hearing rustling noises among all the small pines behind them. By the time noon rolled around, they were within a couple of miles of the camp. So here they are in the middle of the day, bright sunlight. At this point, the men feel like they're just being absurd. They're like, we're two armed men. We have spent years alone mostly wandering through the wilderness we faced every kind of danger from man element animal but you know something just felt off even though they're like okay maybe we're being a little ridiculous they still had that feeling of like but we should probably get out of here that's a gut feeling they still had three beaver traps to collect from a pond in a wide ravine that was nearby. So Bauman volunteered to go get those traps, bring them in, while his companion went ahead to the camp to get everything gathered, all the packs squared away, make sure we're not leaving anything behind. When they, uh, I'm sorry, when Bauman reached the pond, he found three beavers in the traps. One he pulled loose and carried uh, into a beaver house. He took several hours in securing and preparing the beaver. And when he started homewards, he marked uh, with some uneasiness how low the sun was getting. So as he hurried toward the camp under the tall trees, the silence, the desolation of the forest started to weigh on him. He tried to make no sound on the pine needles. And as he was kind of slipping through the forest, he could see the slanting sun rays kind of making its way through. And in the distance of what he described as a gray twilight, he saw something in the distance that seemed to sort of glimmer indistinctly. There was nothing to break the stillness. There was no breeze, nothing in the woods. So it was a very eerie type of feeling. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that time of day anyway can, you know, play the light can play tricks on your eyes and stuff like There's that. There's something about Twilight that I find very unsettling, and I don't know why. I, I think it may be. Who knows? Maybe it goes far back in our as we evolved, as that's just when you seek shelter, get into a safe place because um, you, you can't see, and, and the night is dark, right, and dangerous. Yeah, so he's just ready to, like, get out of there. You know, dark is starting to set in. He is like, this is not cool. Like, I really need to get out of here. As he approaches the edge of the glade where the camp had been, he shouted as he approached it but got no answer. Now, at this point, the campfire is completely gone. There's just a thin blue smoke kind of curling upwards. Near it lay the packs, wrapped and arranged. And at first, Bauman couldn't see anybody. And he didn't get a call back. But stepping forward again, he shouted. And that's when his eye fell on the body of his friend stretched out beside the trunk of a fallen spruce tree. Bauman rushed towards this, horrified at finding his trapper friend's body, you know, all sprawled out, but still warm. And the neck was broken. And there were four great fang marks in the throat. Damn. The footprints of this unknown beast that had attacked printed deep in the soft soft soil all around. So he knew what had happened. So it seemed that his friend was finishing up the packing and maybe had sat down on this spruce log to face the fire with his back to the dense woods to wait for Bowman to return. And while he was waiting, this assailant... This monster of sorts was lurking in the woods, probably waiting for a chance to catch one of the the men unprepared alone, crept up silently from behind and was able to attack um, quietly because it reached the man and broke his neck. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of big cats will do that, especially once they realize humans are easy prey. Wait till someone's off by themselves, stalk them and then attack. And in some countries, they wear a mask on the back of their head of a face to maybe make the or to make the cat feel like they're always looking at it. It did bury its teeth in the man's throat, but it had not eaten the body, though it did seem like maybe it had sort of stomped around on it a little bit. Maybe wallered on him a little. Who knows? So it's like his neck's he broken. He has this uh, a bite essentially on a, on his neck. And then he's just kind of been smashed around. Yeah. And whatever creature that had attacked went back into the soundless woods. So Bauman is incredibly scared at this point and believed that the creature that he was dealing with was either half human or half devil. Some kind of great goblin beast, as he described it. He abandoned everything but his rifle and sped down the pass, not halting until he reached the beaver meadows where the ponies were still grazing that they had left earlier. So he jumps on his pony and runs through the night until he reaches what he considers safety. So he just got the hell out of there. That is his story. Because he's totally freaked out. And then he recounted all these events on to other people, and this is where the story comes from. Is that right? Yeah, I guess so. And I guess this is uh, Theodore Roosevelt went on to tell the story as, you know, as if he believed this man's experience. Oh, okay. So he would recount this passionately to other hunters and people 
as to like this is why I believe in Bigfoot kind of thing. I believe that is the case, yeah. Now, did you know that Abercrombie and Finch Fitch. Was, Fitch was originally a, a store that someone like Mr. Roosevelt would shop at, the, the well-moneyed sportsman or outdoorsman, hunting gear, the safari-looking clothes, guns, all that stuff. And then it evolved into a cheap, fast fashion, fashion that was only for pretty people. Okay. Yeah, did you know that? I mean, I kind of knew that it was an old... That was a it was a very old store. Been yes, around for some maybe even like a century. Yes, that's and true. I, I kind of did know that a bit. I had no idea. Okay, well, thanks for sharing, Dylan. Well, thanks for bringing that small tidbit of a fact uh, around for me with the story. Okay, so the real situation is so Roosevelt had heard the story and was like really you know into the story, believed it. And he even wrote in a memoir, The Wilderness Hunter, which is an 1893 memoir of his adventures in the frontier, where he had encountered these thick forests. He talked about, it would talk about these towering peaks, these vast plains. And at some point claims that he encountered a Bigfoot. So not only was he kind of obsessed with the story of Ballman, he was like, I'm going to see a Bigfoot myself and did. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, and uh, depending on the person's experience or description, um, that if you really, really believe and want to experience or see something, that every small little thing you're going is going to, you know, kind of, you'll have like tunnel vision. Every small little thing or event that happens like supports your theory. That and he included Bauman's story in his memoir. Okay, along so along with I guess talking about his own experience. So there you go. He's obviously a fan. A lot of people do believe in Bigfoot. And, of course, now we have all of those television shows like In Search of Bigfoot. Uh, hunting Monsters. Monster Hunters Monster, yeah. or whatever. My goodness. Yeah. Yes, we have a, a Bigfoot festival not very far from us. We do. Um, there's all over Georgia. Um, there's actually a Bigfoot museum in Georgia. It's and true. And I believe they have some of those... Um, molds and casts of the Bigfoot footprint. And I, I believe uh, it seems like it was Georgia not all that many years ago. A guy claimed to have a Bigfoot carcass at some point. Well, there is uh, a fella, and I cannot remember his name because I wasn't even really going to mention him because he's a known scammer <laughs> uh, that has claimed over the years to have found, I think his name is Rick. I want to say it's Rick Dyer. And if there's a Rick Dyer listening and that's not you, please don't cuss me out. Please, we did not mean you in uh, no defamation suits. No Johnny Depp suits. But from what I understand, and I think his name is Rick Dyer, and I could be wrong, he has had pictures of like, oh, this is a Bigfoot. He's had... It's big, just like a hairy cow. And he's just kind of known as like a scammer or... You know, a um, like a P.T. Barnum type. Well, there, that's one thing about this Bigfoot story and legend is you've had a lot of that because it's persisted for a very you know many decades, and uh, there's always those scammers out there that are willing to take advantage of the public. You know, if you you know you claim to have something very strange and weird, and, and have it in a barn somewhere, charging people a penny a, a dime to see it, right? I am correct. His name is Rick Dyer. 
and he is from Georgia, Dylan. He's a Bigfoot hobbyist, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> and he claimed that he found this half furry ape man who's about seven inches, I'm sorry, seven feet, seven inches tall, weighs more than 500 pounds. He didn't disclose the exact location where he found this creature, but had a photo of this creature in like a deep freezer. Dude, I can he see. Was thawing it out. And it yes. just looks like a terrible monkey costume or like an ape costume. I can see that picture in my head. It was yeah. in a freezer that was, and you're like, okay, dude, so you had the body, right? But all we got is this like um, crappy picture of a obviously crappy, like handmade, you know, man-made suit. Why wouldn't you just produce the body? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exactly. You would have samples, you would have DNA samples of all types, and uh, yeah, I mean, come on, right? So let's talk about some of the conspiracy theories behind Bigfoot. Are you ready? Yeah, are you going to open up on lead with on that? Because yeah. I have, yeah. Let's do it. Sorry, I had to fix my mic. So some folks have a conspiracy theory that the government removed a burnt Sasquatch and various Sasquatch corpses from Mount St. Helens after the 1980 eruption. There were a few witnesses who reported seeing federal helicopters carrying off the charred remains of several Sasquatches from this area. Prior to the eruption, Mount St. Helens had already been a hot spot for supposed ape-men sightings since the 1920s. In fact, so many of these stories circulated that some were recorded um, that a nearby gorge was eventually named the Ape Canyon. Oh my, I've never heard of this, but that's fascinating because of the type of event Mount St. Helen was. You had miles of forest massive. laid flat yeah. and just this almost like nuclear, nuclear <laughs> type of devastation to the area, you know, for miles around in all directions. Ash. And so, and it was very deep woods, right? A very, very wild country, not not densely populated by humans. And uh, that would be the perfect place for a, a Bigfoot to live. And, and then you have the sudden event that happens very quickly, then that would lead to the very high likelihood that there would be, and it kills all the Bigfoots. Because, you know, the other, other thought is... Uh, that they hide their dead is why we've never they're they're smarter than we give them credit, more self aware, and they hide their dead because they know that they don't want to have contact with mankind, right? Yes. And so they didn't have the opportunity in this case because they all got killed at once. 
It's very that's a pretty fascinating uh, theory. Well, I touched on earlier in the episode that there are some scientists or you know folks out there who theorize that Bigfoot is a Neanderthal of sorts, perhaps the missing link in that step of evolution where we evolved from apes to human, that type of thing. In 2007, a man named Robert Wilson from Vancouver Island claimed to have seen what he thought was a bear. He drove down and only could describe it as a large hairy man who looked like a caveman with Neanderthal features as big as a bear. So expanding upon his claim, a 2011 History Channel documentary proposed that the Sasquatch might not be a giant ape at all, but could be a species of prehistoric human. And that is actually called Finding Bigfoot Calls and Howls, which I guess you can find on uh, Discovery. Um, some folks believe that Bigfoot is actually an alien. So we get two conspiracies for the price of one here, Dylan. In 1973, a UFO researcher from Pennsylvania named Stan Gordon said he noticed an increase in sightings of Sasquatches entering and exiting extraterrestrial vessels. Fascinated by the possibility that the mysterious primates may actually hail from another planet, he set up a UFO Bigfoot hotline that supposedly still runs to this day, though I did not look up the phone number. <laughs> would you call it? Fuck yeah, I would. So uh, now, wouldn't this be uh, ironic, because I believe most people uh, view Bigfoot at, at, at worst just a dumb animal, just some kind of big bear-like creature, or at best, uh, some, you know, kind of smart animal, if you will, which is a little bit of higher brain functions. Well, and I think the alien theory goes along with the idea that some folks think that perhaps it can scramble video footage or prevent cameras from functioning properly because of the recorded Bigfoot sightings. They all are very grainy and hard to make out. So perhaps the Bigfoot is protected by some sort of alien technology. Yeah, like maybe some kind of a cloaking device yes. or some kind of a you know magnetic field that disrupts electronics. Yeah. But it would be very funny if it turns out they were interstellar travelers and, and way, way more advanced than we, we will ever be in hundreds of years. Now, I think that would be ironic. There's another theory that Bigfoot is a giant ground sloth. So while most people believe that Sasquatch comes from some form of a shaggy primate, there are a few out there who think that the beasts are actually surviving giant ground sloths. So and that they're like a prehistoric mammal. Right, that's what I was going to say. So when they say surviving, just a line of them that made it all these years, like leftovers like chickens, birds, alligators, some of the big lizards. Yep. Very interesting. Now this is a very strange... Um, I don't know if I'd call it disturbing, but, but, but perhaps. So according to more than a few farmers who have witnessed Bigfoot, they have claimed to, to view Bigfoot getting it on with bovines. Oh. He gets freaky with domestic cows. No, that's what, that's how, you know, that's where tenderloins come from. He's like, I want to sex you up. Okay, like, so could you imagine being some farmer named Harold? Harold, And uh, you just hear some boys to men playing out in the field, and you don't know why because there's no radio. And uh, then you come upon this site. And, and, you know, the most disturbing part was the cow wanted it. It's leaning into it. How do you know? 
I don't know. Wouldn't that be disturbing if you knew that the cow was enjoying it? Yeah. And then, okay. And then the farmer films it and like puts it on Pornhub, and then that becomes the most searched um, keywords on Pornhub. The sad thing <laughs> is, if you type that in Pornhub, something would probably come up. Hundreds of videos. Well, you know there is like Sasquatch erotica. I'm sure there's a Sasquatch themed porn, and when we get finished recording i'm gonna look that up dylan and then i'm gonna make you watch it there's also i must say because we're talking about bigfoot there is a movie called bigfoot wars that actually had its world premiere in waynesville north carolina oh yeah because it was a local author of the book i remember that and it was great in the most cultish way sasquatches according to some theories uh, appears in the bible there are a few creationists that have argued the giants mentioned in the book of Genesis were actually Bigfoot. Okay, well, he could be, maybe he's one of the other races uh, or types of humans that inhabited the earth at some point together, along with vampires or giants or the hairy stank man. There is a cryptozoologist named Lauren Coleman who introduced the idea that about 10% of Sasquatches might be gay. Figuring that we have homo sapiens that might be gay or are gay, that it's very likely that a portion of the Bigfoot population would be homosexual. And after he made this announcement, apparently he received a slew of angry emails denouncing him for calling Bigfoot gay. Don't you make it, don't you gay up Bigfoot. I can just imagine. Don't you do it. Y'all done took everything. You took football from me, and you can leave my damn Sasquatch alone. Well, I like the idea of a sass squatch. A sassy squatch. Yells. He'll be like, y'all squeen, yells. I love it. I know. I would love it. I would be like, what is up? You seem fun to hang out with. There is a conspiracy theory that in 1999, the government captured a live Sasquatch there were fires raging in Battle Mountain, Nevada, and allegedly an injured Bigfoot was spotted in the carnage before being whisked away by government officials. If you look at the blog Sierra Tahoe Bigfoot Research Blog, they have a summary of the situation there. <laughs> My God, there's so many Bigfoot stories. There, as you mentioned, Dylan theories that Bigfoot or Sasquatch berries, they're dead, and that's why we don't ever find their bodies. So that is one of the, the big theories there. And then another theory is that they are like interdimensional creatures, meaning they can switch from one universe to the other. Here is one of my favorite Bigfoot theories, because any wild theory or conspiracy, if it explains something that people claim happens every all the time, and that is Bigfoot is there and then it's just gone. So you have this huge creature, right? Six, seven, eight, nine foot tall. And then people have these sightings and then it's just gone. But I would argue a creature of this size would be you. I mean, a, a big bear, you hear it a half a mile away, thrashing around in the woods, walking through, you know, cracking limbs, l knocking little trees over. And uh, I just find it, I think it would be hard for a creature of that size to be very stealthy, right? Yeah. And so exactly. one one minute they're there and then they're just gone. So what could explain that? Well, some kind of a portal or a device where they, they literally flip back into a, another dimension, their dimension. And some people uh, theorize that possibly they come here to visit. 
maybe even they're like slumming it here on right. earth with us and they're some advanced race from another dimension. I have to say the most compelling piece of evidence or video footage that really kind of made me question are there are there big feet out there? <laughs> Do sasquatches exist? Is the missing 411 the hunted documentary? Now David Pilates, I believe is his name. He has written several books, Missing 411, about folks who go missing in the national parks. This documentary features a segment about some hunters that frequented a camp in the Sierra Nevada mountains in the 1970s all the way up until present day. And they found, you know, this little area set up a a bit of a shelter there, kind of kept going back over the years. And they had an evening where they felt like they were under siege, under attack by multiple Bigfoot Sasquatch type creatures. They have film footage. You can hear these things whooping and hollering <laughs> in the distance throwing, throwing stuff. rocks yes um turns out bigfoot has a very strong accurate aim it's pretty crazy so if you've never seen that documentary i suggest watching it simply for that bigfoot footage uh, well, okay i'm gonna try it because any any time it's the noises off or the knocks on trees and the you know, noises just over the knoll there, you know, I'm suspect. I might have to be. The skeptical part of my mind is like, that's just one of them over there doing those noises. You think so? But, I mean, I guess the right kind of uh, audio or noises, if I was to hear them, I'd be like, wow, that would be hard for a human to do at that volume in that setting. So I'll just have to check that out. You gotta. I'm gonna. Okay, that has been Batshit Crazy's coverage and discussion of the Bigfoot. So what do you think about the Sam Squinch? The possibility of them being inter- interdimensional beings. Never say never. Never say never. You know what? We live in crazy times. Unprecedented <clears throat> times, Dylan. And at this point, I don't think there's a whole lot that could happen that would blow my mind. Because we possibly might not even be in the same reality as the early 2000s we're in a split i think we're in a split multi part of the multiverse or something nothing makes sense the cern particle accelerator yes done fucked us up and we're not even living in reality right now and and they just turned it back on a few days ago well maybe it will flip us back fix the simulation and we'll go back to to like better times i still gotta work in this bullshit why can't it be like a simulation or a reality where I'm filthy rich? Or you're a Sasquatch. Or I'm a Sam Squinch. Maybe the reality will, the new reality will be you turn into a Sasquatch. I don't know. That sounds painful. It's like morphing into a werewolf howling style. No. That looks bad. It does kind of look like it wouldn't feel good. Yeah, I always you have to uh, load up on ibuprofen after the full moon. As a kid, I would be like, you know, werewolves are badass, right? Well, yeah. And strong and scary. But I think I'd rather be a vampire because it just seems like an easier transition. I think so. Yeah, I believe you'd have like a, a disc and um, disc problems in your back turning in and out of a werewolf. Yeah, like some shoulder trouble. Yeah, like old werewolves can't hardly get around. you got to get a chiropractor. Yeah, have a good chiropractor. If you're a werewolf. Oh, my gosh. Or All as right. my daughter says, a werewolf. <laughs> 
All right, that's been it. We couldn't stop talking about uh, uh, the Sasquatch, which there's uh, so much out there on it. So many different stories. Yeah, I was trying to condense it down like a can of Campbell's soup. And I must say that you had some great examples that I'd never heard. Very interesting stories. Yay. And anecdotes. And uh, I guess till next time, right? Yeah, batshit crazy. <laughs> that's right. Describe the world we live in. What the hell? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.